Welcome back to the Kick to Pick podcast. Coach Steve here with both Nick and Scotty this week. Nick is back after leaving us, hanging us out to dry last week, Scotty. He made us take his Lazio money line against previously winless Salernitana, and it was <laughs> La Granata with the victory over Lazio. So I had to make sure we reminded Nick of that. I don't know if that was planned or not. Spoiler, but... guys. I'm going to do it again this week. Spoiler yeah. on that. But so, you got to well, give I out think... your own picks this week, so... <laughs> True. Well, I mean, Coach, you talked about it. When, when we saw it come through in the text, I, I immediately called it out. I was like, this is going to be a, a horrible way for Lazio to lose because when Nick is not showing up on the podcast, texting in his picks, and usually we can see the, at least one or two desperation picks, like that was the one that stood out yeah. like a sore thumb. Hey, two and yeah, one. That was my only loser, by the way. It was. But I was going to come on the show it. this week with a huge Saudi out agenda, and then he went fucked around beat Celtic, qualified for the next round of Champions League. So doesn't matter how strongly I feel about him, that he can't beat Salernitana, his job is safe. So it was yeah, like... I was just going to bring that up. I was going to bring up the fact that your Saudi agenda uh, last... Took a blow. Saudi agenda lasted about three yeah. days, yeah. and then he had to go and ruin it. And, and, you know, and the best part, Scott, is when Nick gives us those picks, he doesn't give us any rationale. It's just like literally like Lazio money line minus 125, and we have to... Kind oh, I love it. What Nick is thinking. And no, we, but yeah. you guys know me so well that I listen to it. It's as if I was on the podcast. Like you filled in the pieces so beautifully. I even recorded it and tweeted it out today. I was so proud. <laughs> it's a it's a scary thought that we 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 now can read Nick's you know yeah. gambling mind yeah. and understand his logic and his pessimism for his own his own team. So yeah. Um, well, overall. Five, four, one week. So we we didn't lose money. Uh, we ended up pretty close to even money. Uh, the Patreon picks did better, which is always a good thing. So if you're not on Patreon yet, we are giving out winners there. Uh, they actually perf- outperform those free picks that we give on here. So that's uh, a benefit to our patrons, I guess. But other than that, we're doing pretty well. Uh, season's still positive. Podlock, I think you said before we came on, Scott, still 9-2-1, and one, right? So we've got another winner there yep. coming later on. And we guarantee it'll be better than Nick's Lazio Moneyline pick. So can't, be can't be worse. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll jump right into it. We got a couple of Premier League fixtures that are pretty big this weekend over in England. And then we have one big one in Serie A, uh, featuring a couple of clubs that played in Champions League today. So let's start in the Premier League. Uh, the big one on paper is Man City against Spurs. City at home at the Etihad, minus 340. The draw line is five, plus 500. Spurs to win, plus 750. The over is set at three and a half. Uh, at minus 105, the under three and a half, minus 120. I mean, just what, three, four weeks ago, we were talking about Spurs top of the table, riding high. Now they're down to fifth place after a couple of losses. Now three losses on the season on 26 points. City second on 29 points. So not a lot of points separating these sides, but now there's a few teams separating these sides and things could get really bleak for Tottenham, can't they, Scott, if they don't at least, I don't know, get a draw in this one. Oh, I think things already are really bleak for Tottenham. I think the, the odds say it says it all, right? Like the beginning of this month, we probably would have seen this closer to like a toss-up. We've talked about it in, in previous years on previous podcasts, but Tottenham have always been a weird bogey team for Manchester City. So uh, they usually would have that going for them. But where things stand now, you know, they still have uh, uh, Ramiro will be out with a suspension. So that's going to hurt them. Um, last weekend, they had to play... Uh, Royale and uh, maybe Udogi or somebody else in, in, in the center box spot because they just don't have uh, you know the backups or replacements. Van de Ven is out until probably January, I would presume. Um, injuries are just mounting. Uh, Bentoncourt came back from injury and then promptly got taken out by Matty Cash and well, now sounds like he's out until end of February. So I think things are bleak for Tottenham. Uh, I don't you know think that this is really going to do much for them unless they do somehow pull off Probably the, the their largest upset um, in you know the last five years or so of the Premier League, so it it's tough. Um, I think the good news is Postecoglou has shown that he can adapt and overcome lots of absences. I just think he's not a miracle worker, so uh, I don't really think Tottenham have much of a chance here. Uh, I think the question will be, you know, given the the maybe disappointing results City had last weekend against Liverpool, where. They looked much better than Liverpool uh, for for most of the game, but Liverpool managed to pull out the the draw in the end. You know, do City really kind of crank it up and and make sure they take care of business early and often in this one? Yeah. Um. What I'll say there is, I think 
it's going to be interesting to see what this down to earth, no real expectations, nothing to lose Tottenham is going to look like, uh, you know, you mentioned the change in mentality with the coach. I think that's important, um, you know, to get the continuity with players that hasn't been possible due to all of the injuries, but is this a game that they rise to the expectation and, when I say that, I don't, I don't even necessarily mean getting points. I mean, do they just not get blown out? I, I think that's a real possibility. I think if I were looking at betting this game, I would consider Tottenham plus 1.75. Um, that's like minus 120. I, I think that's decent. If if City win by two goals, you know, you're, you're still getting half your stake back. I think that's a, a pretty solid way to approach it. Because um, as you mentioned, I, I wouldn't call last week disappointing for City. I mean... Maybe it is if you're City, but uh, I did like Liverpool. I think you guys even mentioned Liverpool plus half a goal was the play. That came through. Uh, I went on with Andrew at the plus money pod, gave out Liverpool plus 0.75. That was a winner. So, you know, I, I think this isn't the same invincible City that we're used to. I think we've been kind of saying that over the course of the season. They're still very good. Haaland is still a machine. He showed up in the Champions League as he typically does. Um but, you know, Alvarez for me has only been okay. Um, I, I think the midfield, they're still really trying to get the best out of it. You know, it's not the same city midfield that they've had over the past two years. So you, you kind of have to like that a little bit if you're Tottenham. I, I still do think City get the win. I think the odds are this way for a reason. But I'm also not expecting a, a you know, a 4 nothing drubbing of Tottenham. I don't think that this is even potentially an over game. I'd probably stay away from the total in this one. Yeah, it's interesting because City doesn't come in in the best form either, especially if they hadn't pulled off that big comeback against Leipzig. You'd be questioning them a little bit more probably too because they were down 2 nothing at halftime yesterday and had to come back with those three goals. Um, I think Alvarez's winner was pretty late. Um, Spurs actually beat City last year during one of their probably worst seasons in recent memory, one nothing. That they beat was a lot. The, yeah, that was at Tottenham Stadium, so that the, the odds weren't so – Big. I just look back. They were plus two eighty five on that day, and a one nothing victory. But yeah, Spurs coming in losing three on the trot is big. And then you couple the injuries with that, and the suspension of Romero, and it's really going to be like next man up. Who's who's good enough? Next man up to to hang with a City side that even if City is a little fatigued from playing a midweek tough match that they had to maybe work a little harder than maybe expected at home. They didn't even have to travel for that match, yeah. which yeah. sometimes can take a little out of you on a European week. So. I think a lot of this goes in City's favor. They have drawn two in a row in the league against Chelsea and Liverpool. So they're in a pretty tough stretch themselves of other big sides that they're facing. Um, Spurs as well. I mean, they got to they got to figure something out because after this, they have West Ham home, but then it's Newcastle. So yeah. they could really be looking at potentially. And, and West Ham isn't a guarantee. Six, and West Ham's no guarantee. And that's even if they beat West Ham, you could be looking at five out of six with losses after starting unbeaten. So uh, tough spot for Spurs. I agree that the, the three and a half is a pretty high number, Nick. Um, last year, we had a 4-2 match at this stadium, though. So it, it's certainly why it's probably in play. Um, the year before, 3-2 uh, Spurs winner at the Etihad. So the, the matches at the Etihad tend to be the higher scoring ones. The the ones in uh, London tend not to be as high scoring. So I think that has something to, to, to do with it as well. Yes. So my counterpoint to Manchester City and you guys saying maybe they're not playing their best, I think coming off an international break, a club like City who have the vast majority of their starting 11 and even some of their bench players are out and not training with the club for two weeks. And then you come back and Liverpool game is that dreaded 7.30 a.m. Eastern kickoff. So it's like right in the beginning of the weekend. There's going to be rust. I think that's why Liverpool looked pretty poor. Um, and, and that's why I think City probably disappointed to come away with just the draw because Liverpool didn't look sharp at all. And I think the second half was uh, against Leipzig in the midweek was really City getting rid of that rust and they kind of clicked. And I think now they've probably got it going again and they're ready for a busy December period. Spurs, on the other hand, you guys just talked about their run and play for the month of December. Everybody knows December is like that pivotal month where you get like nine games in, in a span of 32 days, basically. And it really kind of sets you up for that back half of the season. January doesn't get any better for, for Spurs. You know, Sun, we've talked about a lot. They're going to be gone at the Asia Cup all January. Um, Basuma and, and Pepe Sar, who have been midfield mm -hmm. presence for, for um, Spurs, will be uh, playing at AFCON. So they'll be gone. 
Um, they've just mentioned uh, Hoiberg and uh, Oliver Skip were two guys that they've been looking to offload probably in the January transfer window because they were considered surplus to requirements. They probably got to keep them around now in January. Um, so in a weird way, like Spurs, it's not even so much about like the impact that these like last three weeks have had on them for this season, but it also kind of throws a wrench into some of their like long-term like club building plans where you are probably going to be moving on some of this, you know, third or, or fourth, you know, level of players getting some funds in buying maybe not some you know key players but some depth in, in key positions like center back or or maybe even like a, a attacking midfield for madison but now it's they got to scramble and they got a lot of gaps to fill um you know right now we just talked about even with romero suspended they don't really have a healthy center back to play in a, in the traditional spot so um a lot of gaps a lot of a lot of concern if you know they yep. do find themselves losing five out of six going into the christmas period with a disaster of a january potentially looming like it's yep. you know the worst possible scenario for spurs when you look back at what it was in, in november 1st yeah all, yeah, all valid points to, go sorry i was just gonna say real quick nick before you go uh just to add some context to the city point they are unbeaten in their last eight in all competitions so sure. those two those, those those two draws are really uh they, they look bad because at. city is giving up way more goals than we're accustomed yeah. to seeing from city um but it, it, listen, you don't you don't play this game on on hopes and dreams or feelings. But it, it just it seems to me like if Tottenham come in, play well, uh, you, you know, you well is subjective. Obviously, if they come and they get points out of this game somehow, some way, that puts the belief in them that they're you know they they can do something over the next four, five, six games. So I think there still is a lot to play for for them. Um, again, I, this just seems to me like it's too good to be true that City runs out. Uh, you know three, four goal winners. I, I think Tottenham avoid the, uh, avoid the, the mind falls here. And I, I think that like, I wouldn't get trapped by taking like city minus two or something like that. Yeah. Which if you want to bet city, you kind of have to, right. With the, with right. Where the lines are, you have no choice, but to bet a lot of goals or a big margin. All right. So moving on, that takes us to the second big match of the weekend. That is Newcastle hosting man United. Uh, Newcastle comes in at home, even money, the draw line plus 270 United to win on the money line plus 265. The over in this one is set at two and a half at minus 135, the under, uh, two and a half at plus 110. And this is a one where the two teams are also very tight in the table right now. United is sixth on 24 points, Newcastle seventh on 23 points. Uh, the winner could technically leapfrog of Spurs if Spurs lose, uh, could leapfrog each other if you're talking about newcastle jumping maybe potentially up two spots maybe to fifth in the table to win so there's a, there's a lot to play for here um both teams coming up draws in the midweek in the champions league but in a very different context i guess you could say you know newcastle's on the road at psg where maybe they were given a little less um chance of winning considering who they were playing where united blew a two-goal lead today at galatasaray we we you know we talk about in the group text how playing at turkey is tough we almost gave out galatasaray uh double chance um, or plus half a goal, whatever it was. And then the lines move too much to give it out on Patreon. And lo and behold, it would have hit in comeback fashion. So, I mean, who comes into this in a better state of mind? I, I know Newcastle gave up the, the win late too, but it was on a, a late penalty kick. Do you think they're maybe in a better frame of mind coming into this one? Or do you think it's, you know, both of them drawing late kind of evens yeah. things out? I'll go first, Scotty, just to because I have a, a couple quick general thoughts. Um, Newcastle, I think, is a team that I have not gotten right personally yet this year. I, I think as a podcast, we may have done okay with them, but I, I can't seem to figure them out quite yet. They started off the year okay, then they had that really brutal stretch that maybe I overvalued them a little bit, and um, you know they they struggled. Uh, they didn't look good in their first couple of Champions League games. And then now all of a sudden they've turned the table and they look like the Newcastle that we have bet on for a year and a half, right? Where we they've just been a fucking wagon for us and we've made a ton of money. Um, so I really don't know what to make of Newcastle. United, on the other hand, I think we've been on the correct side of United bets, maybe more than any other team. We haven't taken them a whole lot, but when we picked them to lose, they've lost. When we picked them to win, had them last week against Everton, they've won. Um, but they're they're predictable. I, I mean, I, I just think that they have way too many holes. They have injuries. They haven't improved in two or three years. They're they're just like that mid table team. That that's who United is. We saw Onana today 
absolutely fucking terrible on the take, oh. as we like to say on this show. Uh, he let in two ridiculously bad goals, maybe even three. Um, you know, he was lost. I, I think um, it was ugly to the point. Like, like I said, they were predictable in the fact that we all knew they were, even though they were spotted the two goal lead, they were going to Turkey and they weren't coming out of there with a win. Uh, the three of us knew it. We said it. We bet it. It, it. it came true, right? So United has been very, very predictable from that sense. Um, this is a, a classic Nick follow the odds game. Newcastle at home. Odds are telling me that they're going to win. I actually kind of like the over here. I think both teams um, are scoring enough to warrant it. I think they're both a little suspect on D. United, obviously, a little bit more with Onana. I would lean over two and a half, minus 135. It's just on the edge of, of what we'd play. Um, but I, I more so just want to enjoy this game and root for goals. And that's kind of my outlook because I still haven't bought Newcastle 100%. Hell of a game against PSG. Probably deserved to win. Um, I think PSG definitely created more. But, I mean, Newcastle did enough to to get something out of that game. and got a really, really shitty handball or, or refereeing decision at the end. Nick, do you want me to shed some light on Newcastle and solve everything for you so Please. you can see them and, and know how to bet them? Newcastle this season in the Premier League at home. They are they have six wins, one loss. That one loss was the crazy two nothing or two to one comeback by Liverpool when they were down ten men. Nunez comes on, scores yep. the brace, steals yep. the result. Okay. So very good at home. Away from away Only from needed too, Scott. Well, well, you're there yep. at the home. Away from home, they have one win, which was the eight nothing destruction of of Sheffield United, yep. who we all assume are, is going to get relegated. Then they have two draws and three losses. And if you remove that aberration of Sheffield United, which I know it's their one win, but if you remove that, they're actually outscored five to ten on the road. So Newcastle very strong at home. We saw that in the Champions League too. PSG they destroyed PSG, I think four nothing in that first fixture, and then obviously had the the one one draw, um, you know, in Paris. But I think it all comes down to is, is Newcastle's a really, really good home team right now. Um, they play really well, uh, you know, at at home. Um, Howe knows how to get them set up and be aggressive in the attack. They score tons and tons of goals at home. I think they've had uh, three matches already out of those seven where they scored at least four goals. Um, so they can explode. Isak is back. You guys, I've I've talked up Isak for the last two years. Yep. It's finally starting to pay off for me. He's having a good season yep. when he's healthy. So I really like having him in there. Um, and yeah, Nick, I think you hit the nail on the head with United. Uh, I think they're just a mid-table club right now. Um, they've had some good results lately. They've got three wins on the run in the Premier League. But if you look at those opponents, it's Fulham, it's Luton Town, and it's Everton. Yep. So, it, you know, not exactly strong competition. Um, so I, I don't want to say they're fraudulent wins because they're still nine points. But I, I think they look better maybe on paper than they do in reality. Um, yep. So I, I love Newcastle here. Um, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it. For reasons you might find out, we later, always but... feature a game that's a Scotty Lock. Like, there's never yeah. a show that that's not true. It it just it feels like a really good line, and I I again, this is maybe one of those lines where I feel better if it's like minus one twenty. Um, the plus one hundred right now gives me a little bit of pause, but I I think I get why because United have been playing a bit better lately. They did score three goals yeah. in uh, Turkey, um, which is a tough place to play. We always talk about, you know, never really want to bet against those Turkish clubs. Um, so I think getting three goals is, is still, you know, a weird positive takeaway they could take away from that match. Um, but I, I just think Newcastle at home, it's just they're they are as good as gold at home right now. And, it, and that's too tough for me to pass up. Yeah. J- just to piggyback before you go, Steve um, mentioned United is a mid table team. I, I believe that to be true, but beating the bottom five teams in the league are what propel you to they're currently in sixth place, right? Like they look a little bit better than they are. They're just a bit better than the mid table clubs because they're taking care of that business. Good for them. They have eight wins, no draws, which is like insane through 13 games, but 16 goals scored, 16 goals conceded. Uh, meanwhile, you know, Newcastle have 31 goals. So it's just a uh, pretty, pretty wild to see. Yeah. United still have a tough run to finish out their first half of the season. You know, obviously they have Newcastle this week, Chelsea, which can go one of two ways. We've seen Chelsea play really well, like they have against City. And we've also seen them play really poorly, um, like they just did last weekend. They also have Burnmouth, which is should be a win. But after that, it's it's Liverpool. It's West Ham. We've talked about. Can't really count them out. Uh, and then Villa before they finish this year at in Nottingham Forest. So, you know, 
after Newcastle, you, you have four of those six matches against teams that are in the top half of the table. Plenty of opportunity for drop points there. So um, we'll see where they are if they're still in, in fifth. They might be or in sixth. Um, they might still be there because I think Tottenham are going to continue to drop. So it's going to be up to Newcastle and maybe Brighton or Villa to kind of surpass them. But they certainly will have the opportunity given the fixture list. Now's the time for those clubs to make their run, basically, with with what Tottenham and United have in front of them. So, sorry, Coach, just got yeah, excited. Yeah, no, I was just gonna. You guys said said pretty much all of it, but Scotty made a great point about the home form for Newcastle. The fact they've only conceded four times, and I think it's seven home matches is huge. And this is the United side that you just pointed out has only scored sixteen times all season uh, in thirteen matches. Only, you know, eight times on the road and six. So, are they going to find a goal? Um, or two are they? They're probably going to need two to win. Are they going to be able to find two goals here? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I was watching some of that match today, and at three one, I, you know, I almost bet double chance live on Galatasaray when they were down by one, and before I could pull the app up, United literally scored their third goal. I'm like, well, I'm not going to touch it now. It's plus six hundred, but you know, they're down two goals. Like, what are the chances they actually do it? I should have thrown a few dollars on it because I would have cashed it. But um, hindsight twenty twenty. But it just shows that United is is vulnerable. And I, I can't trust them. And, and I think the fact they haven't, haven't even drawn a match is very curious after 13 rounds. It doesn't happen too often. Um, but it gives you a little more um, confidence, so to speak, in, in Newcastle being able to pull out a win. Because if United go down, maybe they don't have enough to, to come back and get a draw. So um, I, I do like that number. At even money, I think Newcastle at home is something you, you have to seriously consider. I think after this week, because Scotty's going to win his bet, I'm just going to start betting United draw every game until it hits. And, you know, it'll probably hit in the first two or three. Um, the, w- the one thing I do want to just stress that, you know, we talk about it. I don't know that we've talked about it enough on the show. I mean, those home and away splits are insane, but that just goes to show you how pivotal home field advantage is. And I feel like we've actually taken a lot of road teams this year, maybe more so than home teams. Obviously, I don't have that in front of me, but I know I personally – tend to take a lot of teams on the road just because the, the number the numbers yeah. playable right but but this is that perfect example why right that home field advantage is immeasur- i mean it's huge um and especially in England i feel like in England more so than many other countries i mean that you know these home stadiums are fucking packed these teams hate each other um you know the rivalries are, are real there's multiple teams in in certain cities um so you know, really, as you're looking at lines, as you're looking to place bets, I mean, just something to, to take a look at. I mean, bringing up those home and away splits was the perfect time to talk about it. It's an advantage unless your name is Burnley and you're 0 and 7 at home. Well, they, they're 0 and 7 everywhere. No, no points at home. Uh, so everybody else gets home advantage, but not Burnley. Yeah, wait until we get to our next game. Maybe that's a good segue because I got another stat for you guys in this one. Oh, let's right. go. So let's move over to the Italian Peninsula, Serie A. Another big one this week for Inter after their their draw with Juve last week. It is Inter at Napoli, defending champions against the team that is looking like the strongest team in Italy and, and potential champions this year. Napoli plus one seventy five at home. The draw line plus two thirty. Inter plus one thirty five. Uh, the over is set at two and a half, and it's minus one thirty. The under is even money. So um, interesting that we have such big numbers here. It's like kind of take your take your pick, but let me just give you the background of the standings right now. Updated standings in Italy. Just pulling it up real quick. We have Inter leading the way on 32 points. Napoli is in the, the last Champions League spot, fourth place right now on 24 points. So what are you making of this one? Nick, I'll jump in this one because I want to get my stat in because I think it's yep. a good discussion. Uh, so we just talked about home and waveform. Uh, typically home is... A, Good place to play if, um, unless you're Napoli. So Napoli have yet to win a home game since September 27th Whoa. at home this season. They have two wins, one draw, and three losses. They've been getting it done on the road. They have yet to lose a game on the road with four wins, or excuse me, five wins and two draws in Serie A. So you guys know me. I've been kind of calling out Napoli. I think they are teetering on the precipice of disaster. They, I think Tottenham is kind of like their worst case scenario, but I certainly think a situation like that is on the table. If the injuries happen to like the worst players that it could. Um, and so I, I'm looking at this Napoli at home getting, or sorry, enter on the road getting, you know, plus plus one thirty five. We talk about enter when we did our rundown enter the best team in, in Italy on paper by far. 
And just to interject real quick, Scotty, talking about road form, the other undefeated team on the road is Inter at 5-1. They've just played one less match than Napoli on the road. Yeah, so I think this is one where books are kind of saying like, okay, we'll give Napoli a little bit of a nod just because they're the home team, but I don't think it's worth that nod. So I I think if if I'm putting a wager on this one, I'm hammering Inter. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't be faulted for it. I'll say that. We're what we were talking uh, about the game today, um, right? Inter played um, Benfica. Uh, I Benfica get these teams away. confused. Yeah, Benfica with away, pretty right? much their second team with an entire second team. I mean, I think there was yeah. maybe two starters, right? Uh, goalie Adero got his first start. They had Alexis Sanchez up front, or Natovich got the first, yeah. right. So they they had basically all their reserves in. They go down um, and, you know, we had a, actually a couple people I was talking to who were asking me my opinion on the game. I said either, you know, don't bet it, but, you know, definitely don't take Inter because they're playing the reserves. They really have, you know, not much to play for. They're going to be looking ahead to Napoli. Well, that came true, right? So as that game was starting, it was one nothing early, 2 nothing, And I, I was talking, um, I forget who, actually, Michael Lisi, we, we were, him and I were chatting back and forth. And I said, bro, like right now, put the mortgage on Inter this week. Like that's what that tells me. They 100% mailed this game in. You knew it based on the lineup, but you could see it right now in the way that they're playing. They're putting everything they have against Napoli. They want to basically put Napoli out of the title race. All the stats that Scotty just gave back that up. Um, I think Inter are the real deal. I think we talked about Lotaro, we talk about him week in and week out. He is leading the league. We this podcast said he would lead the league, so that's no surprise there. Um, but I got to give Napoli a little bit of credit. So they they fired their coach. You get credit for doing that because he was steering the ship into the iceberg. Um, you know, Matsadi, not the best appointment, but I think they signed him because they knew it would be a, a stopgap and a you know like a one year deal. They don't have to re-sign him. Um, so. You know, is there a newfound resurgence in belief behind this team? Maybe they went away to Real Madrid today. They didn't look terribly out of place for most of that game. I think they responded a couple of times. Um, Keyword away. Away. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, listen, uh, Medet made a, a pretty big blunder on that third goal. So that kind of took them out of it. Um, but, uh, you know, if Napoli had gone to that game and lost two, three, nothing. I feel even more confident. I have to give them some credit and they've found goals, right? Even with Osiman out, even with Kavara being 75% of what he was last year, I'll say um, they, they've still managed to find goals. So I have to give them credit for that. Their midfield is still pretty solid. Their wing backs um, have really found ways to, you know, be effective and get balls into the box and create chaos. So, you know, is it still a derby game, so to speak? I think it is. Does Inter deserve to be favorites? They absolutely do. If I were placing a money line bet, I would be placing that on Inter. I agree with Scott 100%. But it's not going to be the blowout I thought it was going to be six hours ago. So I'm looking at the Lions here. Um, my favorite number here, if I'm just looking at a team to win, is probably Inter draw no bet at minus 135 because still protects yes. against the draw, yes. uh, and it's still a pretty decent number. I think Inter is the better team here. Um, I, I didn't realize Napoli's been so bad at home because I always think of the San Paolo as being a pretty tough place to play whenever I, I watch them at home um, against other big sides. Against Steve, Roma, I'll, I'll when, interrupt when you for a second. They snapped Union Berlin's um, losing streak, not their winless streak, yeah. but that 1-1 yeah. draw like in the Champions League was horrendous yeah. at home. And that, that, that kind of goes to, I'd be curious to look back at last season, if one of you could look while I'm talking here, at, at what their home record was last year under Spalletti when they won the Scudetto, because I'd imagine they probably didn't lose more than a couple games at home in, in 19, but no, um, I, I like Inter. I mean, you talked about Lataro. We talked about it. Um, yep. he, we gave him out as one of our patron picks because he was like plus 160 anytime goal scorer and, and he cashed that. Um, he's he is exceeding expectations, I think, that anybody could have given for him. He's got 13 goals scored on an XG of just 7.61, right? That, that's not something you see very often overperforming to that caliber. It shows that how good his finishing has been. And the partnership that they've developed with Taram on a free transfer has been outstanding. I mean, he's got six assists ready, Marcus Taram, to go with another four goals. So, that partnership has been deadly. It's a big reason why I think Inter is probably going to win the Scudetto. Uh, credit to Juve for holding them last week to one goal. Um, I, I put in a small wager on a hunch last week. 
uh, I've told Nick prior to to kick off. It was Lataro and under one and a half goals. They basically bet Inter to win one nothing with a Lataro goal. And if, if it wasn't for that Vlaovic goal, it, it would have hit because um, Mar- Martinez has been deadly yeah. and the Inter defense has been so good. They don't give up a lot. Um, the, and Nick mentioned the wing backs for Napoli being all right. They can't match DeMarco down that left wing. I mean, the midfield, no. I think, Inter, for the most part, has the advantage. I know Zelensky came off injured today. I don't know if it was more precautionary when he was getting iced up or if it was anything that will keep him out, but that would be a big loss for them there. Um, and with M- Mazzari as the manager, I mean, I the, when he was at Torino, he was always playing that three-man back line, the original Napoli size that he managed, three-man back line. Now he's trying to play a four. I, I just don't think they're going to be able to stop Inter going forward to, to be able no. to hold them down enough. And I think... You know, Osiman didn't start today. Is he healthy enough to start on Sunday? Maybe that's why he didn't start in the Champions League today. Maybe they realized that Real Madrid away is probably a, a tough go. Uh, he probably only has one start in him at coming off that injury. Maybe he could be the the guy who, who gets the goal for Napoli and they can pull off the surprise. But to me, this is, I, I think you're right. I mean, Inter came back with their second team from down 3 nothing and, and got a draw, which just shows yeah. the overall strength of their roster with almost nobody starting. So I I like them on the road here. And the fact that they are six and are five and one on the road, uh, the one being a draw, not a loss. I I really like their chances to to get a win. And I would just take that draw no bet just to protect in case Napoli can get a goal or two out of Osiman or somebody else. No, I I love that draw no bet. I agree. Scotty, I don't know if you were able to pull up the stats, but I'm just looking like for whatever reason, it pulled up game by game. And I'm just looking at games they lost at home last year. They lost to Milan twice, uh, once in the Champions League, one in the league. They lost to Lazio. you know, they, they lost to Inter last year at home. They, they, you know, they lost to Cremonese in the Copa. They, you know, they, they really. So they dropped them, but I'm looking happening. at the yeah. overall record was uh, they actually had the best home record in the league last year in 22-23. They were 14 wins, three draws, two losses in, in league play. So they did drop some in the Champions League okay. and Copa, like you mentioned. But they did have only two home losses all season last okay. year. Okay, well then, uh, not the case. No. Um Actually, had that. Interestingly enough, they had an identical record home and away, fourteen three and two both both ways, um, on on a way to their scudetto win. So uh, it just goes to show how far they've fallen off. And I think it goes to the point Scotty was making that they're they could be on the precipice of going the wrong way. I mean, I'm looking at this match as a Roma fan, right? And Roma's got Sassuolo, winnable match for them. God knows what they'll do because we, we know they bottle those matches sometimes. But I'm looking at that. I'm like, Roma could be in fourth place by the end of this weekend. They could be joint with Napoli, and they could be in fourth place. And if you told me that a couple of weeks ago, like that's just like shows when we how talked the Roma Lazio derby. Remember that? Yeah, like like that Which team how could, could that propel derby, forward. Yeah, how topsy turvy has the league been? That teams are dropping these kind of results. That Roma is still in the is that close to the mix for a top four spot right now. It's, it's pretty insane. Yep. And Lazio still behind Frosinone. Yes, sir. Sebi De Francesco at his best. Maybe more impressive than beating Barcelona. No match for Scott's Liverpool, though. Not quite. Or the referee in that match. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anything else you guys want to add to that that match before we move on to our locks of the week? No, I think draw no bets to play. Uh, I think you found it. I, I don't mind the over two and a half. I, I think both teams have been scoring enough. Um, Inter's defense is good, I think, with Sommer in there. But, like, I think Napoli can get a goal. I could see a 2-1. I could see a 3-1. Um, but no, that, that answer draw no bet at minus 130 is the play. Yeah. Uh, just a couple goal scores. The goal score lines are up ready, which I'm a little surprised a little early for that. But uh, Lataro's plus 120, Osiman plus 130. Uh, then you get a big jump into the 200s for everybody else. So no. unless you think Taram's going to score at plus 240 or something like that, it's uh, not not big. This I guess So my bold prediction for this game is Inter will get a goal from a midfielder. It's going to be a uh, uh, Barella, Fratesi, a Mkhitaryan. I don't know who's going to play, who's not going to play. We don't know the lineups, but a midfielder will score a goal for Inter. That's my goal. That's my prediction. Well, I'll throw some of those numbers out real quick before we go to our locks. Uh, Chalanoglu plus two eighty takes takes free kicks. Right. Um, you got going down, down, down. Mkhitaryan plus three thirty. Uh, Fratesi plus four hundred. Barella plus six hundred. So. Yeah. Uh, if you if you believe in any of those midfielders, Nick, there is money yep. to be made for sure. Uh, just got to pick one. I think Chalonoglu is is my version of of Diego Jota for Nick. Like I feel like I throw his name out a lot, and he just n- never comes close when I when I'm on him. But 
when well, I leave him alone, he's out there. Listen, the- I could. We could spend another half hour on this game if you guys want to. There's, there's one thing I, I want to say. I think we joke about it. Like every time there's a big match, I'm waiting really for something out of Barella, and I don't ever tend to see it. Uh, I thought he was fucking average. Like the two games with the national team that were played, um, I think he was pretty fucking average against Juve last week. Um, I know I wasn't on the show with you guys, but you handicapped that game perfectly. Uh, I also had Juve plus 0.25. So we all made money on that game, but you know, like he does good things for a period of time, but I don't see it over a full, like he's never the man of the match in a big game. And like uh, this, is this going to be another example of that? Like plus 600, I would love to take a stab with him, but, I don't know. I feel like he only scores those goals against fucking Udinese. And one guy I'd keep an eye on as uh, like a goal or assist type number would be uh, DeMarco because he's plus 650 as a goal scorer, the left back. He's got two goals and four assists this year. He swings in some nice crosses and he, yeah. he takes some free kicks when they need a left-footed player to take him. I would just keep an eye on what his yeah. you know goal or assist number is because if it's I would big say enough, it might be worth if it's in shot. the plus two hundred range, I think it's well worth taking. The only issue with a guy like that is he doesn't usually play ninety. Uh, he's usually good mm-hmm. for about sixty five, seventy five minutes. So just a little bit of caution there. Yeah, minutes per game is right at seventy actually um, in the league. So pretty good call for, for not looking Thank at you. stats there. Thank yeah, you. but um, just like one of those random guys that might be have some value. All right, Scott, do you want to kick off the the locks of the week here? Yeah, so I'll start with one of the ones that we've already kind of talked about. Um, It's not the one that Nick is thinking of. I'm taking Manchester City minus one and a half um, versus Tottenham. It's minus 130. For all the reasons that we talked about, you know, I think Tottenham are pretty cooked right now. Uh, They're still dealing with injuries that we've mentioned. They've got, you know, Romero still suspended for this match. So their their defense is going to be pretty brutal. Um, It's going to be the type of defense that, Holland usually feasts on, so I'd expect him to have at least one, probably two, honestly. Um, and like I said, I think City probably were are pretty, are maybe kicking themselves a little bit for for letting an opportunity to take three points off of Liverpool last weekend go. Um, so I, I think they'll be better prepared this one, you know, with a full week of practice. So I, I think City roll over Tottenham 3-0-4-0-4-1, something like that. I think it, I don't think it's going to be close. So um, I'll take City with the, the minus one and a half. Yeah, I hope you're right. I know I, I disagreed a little bit in our preview of the match. I, I For some reason, it just seems a little trappy to me, but I'm going to take a trap game of my own. I think your analysis of the game is obviously correct, right? I, I hope that City runs out to a 2-3 goal win and you don't have to sweat it, but it's just something about it worries me. Yeah, I mean, as long as they get a goal in the first half, it, it should be a pretty clear winner. Um, if they somehow have one of those matches where they just get frustrated in the first half, kind of like they did against Leipzig, then I'll get a little sweaty. All right. I'm going to stay in England with this one. And it is Brighton double chance plus 110 at Chelsea. Uh, Brighton unbeaten in their last six. Well, United is coming off that beat down at St. James Park to Newcastle and then tripping up against Galatasaray today. Um, I was shocked when I saw how big of a favorite Chelsea. Um, I'm sorry. This is Chelsea, not United. Uh, I mentioned United. Chelsea. Um, I was surprised how big a favorite they were here. I know Brighton has to play at AK Athens on Thursday, uh, but having them double chance plus one ten, too good to pass up considering they're unbeaten in their last six. Um, and like I said, Chelsea coming off that beat down uh, against Newcastle is, yeah, I think they're right for the picking to at least get a draw from Brighton here. Yeah, to pull back the curtain a little bit, Coach wanted to have us do a buy or sell on this game, and I refused because I said this game is the definition of mid-table mediocrity right now. I think Brighton have been a little bit disappointing this season. Um, they yep. started off decently, but they've kind of cooled off, had a couple of, of draws in a row that dropped points. So they're sitting pretty comfortably in eighth right now behind Newcastle. Um, but, you know, last season they're flying and, and were legitimate top four contenders for much of the season. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping they catch form again because I think it's a little bit it's the premier league is more fun to watch when you have yes. clubs like Brighton doing well. Mm-hmm. And, and Brighton's another team, you know, I mentioned it with Newcastle that I, I feel the same way about Brighton. I haven't personally gotten them right enough this year to like have an opinion on this game. Right. Like they've been, I, they've been tough this year. They haven't been as reliable as last year. So I, I absolutely hope that you're correct. I think um, double chance is great. Plus money. Anytime you'd like a team and you can get plus money with a double chance, you have to take it. So, 
we will ride. Is, it's a good bounce back opportunity for them yep. too. You know, they've, they've dropped points to some, some lesser sides lately. So I think a, a win here would kind of get them right on track for de- a busy December. Yeah. I like it. All right. I'm going to give out uh, my trap line. One of three, because as I have done for the past <laughs> month, I am going to be specializing in trap lines. And this one is Juve. Juve on the money line. They are even money plus 100 away to Monza. Um, I think it's, you know, uh, I'm, we're about 50, 50, right? Like I've gotten trapped on some of them on our disaster week a few weeks back, but I've done pretty well outside of that. Oh, and three week. So, um, you know, we talked about you a lot. They are potentially soon to be league leaders. They're getting even fucking money. They're playing Monza. Monza is a great little story. They're doing well. They're in the top half of the table. Um, but this is like, this game is made for Max Allegri. And I think, coming off of what to them will probably be a disappointing draw to enter, right? They were in the driver's seat for much of that game. They scored the first goal. Um, this is, you know, no midweek game. This is a perfect bounce back for them. I, I had them at like minus 160, minus 170 for this game. So got to take them at even money. It's crazy that there was a time where Juve were banned from the bet slip, but yeah, now we I, are I, backing them on the regular. I, and still I doing think pretty well with it. I was going to say probably made more money with Juve this year than any other team. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the only reason I can think that they're even money is that Mons is unbeaten at home, two wins, four draws. Um, there we go. That, that's about the only thing I can think of. Again, and I think Mons is playing really well, but do you yeah. trust them to beat Juve? No. I got to see it. Say it. say it, Nick. They're due. They're they're could they could be due. They could like if this were Lazio, I'm backing Monza all day. But I don't no. think they're good enough to beat Juve. I think this is like a one nothing type Juve win uh, if they go classic the w, Juve because Monza doesn't score a lot. Juve doesn't score a lot in the road. Uh, they yeah. also don't concede almost anything. So you're gonna probably see Allegri do his usual Allegri ball and just try to get that that goal on the counter um, and get the win. But Monza is tough at home. But Juve even mine is tough to pass up for sure. Yeah. All right. Second lock for me, um, I'm going to the formula that's worked out pretty well for me. Um, worked out for me last weekend in the patron props, the shot on target parlay hit. Thank you, Mbemo and Sterling. Um, so I'm going to do a little parlay of my own this week. I'm taking Arsenal money line. They're playing Wolves and Brentford money line. Um, they're playing Luton Town parlay together. It's right around minus 110. Keep an eye on that with the parlays. They tend to shift, but should be around even money. Um, Wolves are tricky. I'll, I'll give them that. We talked about them kind of coming out of nowhere at certain times, but then also looking like doo-doo other games. So it's a tough one to pin down, but Arsenal being at home, um, coming off a big, I think it's like 6-0 was the final score against Lens yeah. midweek. Six um, different goal seemed, scores. Yeah, and that's, well, that's the story of Arsenal. It's crazy. Like, I, I think I wrote in my, my recap for uh, happyhoursports.net that they only have two players that had more than four goal involvements in the league this season. Yeah. Um, it's very spread out. They get... They get them from everybody, and they seem to get them at really opportune times. Last week, they got a really clutch goal from Kai Havertz. I think it was like the 80th minute um, to win it for them. So I like Arsenal getting a result here, even if Wolves are going to have one of their more tricky performances. Um, Brentford. I think Brentford have been doing uh, quietly really well in in recent weeks. I know they had a a couple beatdowns, but I think they've kind of turned the corner a little bit. Unlucky to lose against Arsenal last weekend. I thought they played really well. And Luton Town are a little bit in form. Um, when I say that, I mean they won their last match. But for Luton Town, that's as streaky as it gets for them. Um, but I think they're due for a letdown. Brentford at home is a tough foe. Uh, so I think Brentford can get the win here, get themselves back on track. And uh, like I said, parlayed together, minus 110. It's a pretty good deal. Love. You got to be, what, at least three or four on those parlays? Yeah. Uh, I think I only had one loss. That was like two or three weeks ago. So I took a pause. But we're going to get back into it. All right, I'm going to go to La Liga for my next pick. It's Real Sociedad. Uh, They're on the road at Osasuna. They're plus 125 in the money line. They're coming off back-to-back league wins, and then they had the disappointing 0-0 draw at home in the Champions League today against Salzburg, but they dominated that match. 71% possession, 21 shots. Um, un- unfortunate not to win that one. <clears throat> It'll make for an interesting last Champions League match against Inter, but uh, in terms of Sociedad, I'm not worried about them having to travel to Osasuna, who has uh, four, who's in 14th place, and they've really struggled both home and away. So I'm not too concerned about any home field advantage in this one. They actually have four losses in seven home matches, uh, so they look to be right for the picking. I'm going Sociedad. I think they'll be 
ready to play. Maybe probably a little bit angry after the midweek result and will keep up their winning streak in La Liga at plus 125. Yeah, listen, I'm going to ride that. I'm going to go coach worldwide, Nick worldwide, and join you in Spain. I like Real Betis on the money line, plus 110 at Almeria. Um, want everybody to know, very, very, very strongly considered Atletico Madrid double chance for this third lock, but we we found a better bet in in searching through that, and that is Real Batiste. They're in seventh place, but they are unbeaten in their last five. They're plus money at winless last place, Almeria. Stop me if it's you've like heard this before. Vu. It's like, like deja vu, like except I'm weekend. here. It's like I'm here to to man up and and say it out loud. Um, three draws, eleven losses. Is it a trap? Maybe. Do we have to take it? Absolutely. If I could make another team get their first win, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I, I same thing with Lazio last week. I, I will live with this loss. There's no way that you can bet the other way on this game. I guess the you good know I like that. The, as I said, the good news uh, is that Sardi isn't managing Real Betis. Last time I checked, so yeah, maybe there, there's a chance there. I also like this one at first glance as I was going through looking for picks. I didn't dig as deep as you to see that Almeria is in last place uh, with no points or not no points, no wins. Three so, three points. Uh, three points. So. Fourteen matches. <laughs> like so, I, I I'll probably ride this one with you. Maybe that'll uh, maybe that'll curse it. Maybe, maybe no. We need to bring all the good juju that we can. But like I don't know how we don't bet this. Yeah, when, when you get a team like this plus one ten, I know they do play tomorrow in the uh, either Europe. I think in Europa League. You still got to take it, though, against a team of that caliber. Yeah. All right. I'll bring it home. My third and final lock of the weekend. Another match we talked about. I'll keep this one short and simple. I am taking Newcastle money line plus 100 versus United. Like we mentioned, their home atmosphere and their home record speaks for itself. Uh, they're a very, very easy pick when they're at home. Isak is back. Looks like they're firing on all cylinders. So uh, I'm going to take this one and not look back. All right. Uh, probably tipped my cap a little bit as I was going off on a rant about Setia's table and, and Roma, but um, they're playing at Sassuolo. I'm taking their team total over one and a half at minus yeah. 110. Sassuolo just bleeds goals. Um, Roma's finally started to get all their pieces of the attack back, and it seems like they're going to be resting Dybala and Pellegrini tomorrow in the Europa, uh, Europa League to try to keep them fresh. This looks like a good spot to take my boys to score at least two against a frail Sassuolo back line. I, I really like them on the money line too, but we know crazy things can happen, but what sometimes when these teams go head to head, you get like these three, two results. I think Roma scores two here. It It's not a lock, but I would even consider playing Roma's team total two and a half. Like I think that's how bad Sassuolo's defense is. I'm not going to, I'm not advocating for it just yet, but I'm saying that it is in play. Just saying. Uh, all right. I'm going to stick with Italy and uh, go to Atalanta. Draw no bet, minus 130 at Torino. I think Atalanta, you know, another team happy to be in that top seven, top eight mix. Uh, Pretty tough loss at Napoli last week. I will say I am very encouraged that uh, Lookman finally scored a goal. I really expected a lot from him this year. I thought he had a great year last year, his first in Serie A. I thought he would build upon that. He hasn't, hasn't looked good. Did get a goal. Um, I, I think Torino has looked like Torino, right? They they play okay against the teams around them. They typically edge out some wins and some points against the bad teams, and they fold against any team with a little bit of skill. So we're talking about 2-0 loss to Bologna last week. They've lost to Milan. They've lost to Inter. They've lost to Lazio. They've lost to Juve. I think Atalanta is in that category. I think they're going to be a little too much. You can get them at plus 140 on the money line as of this recording. So I would not fault you if you went for that plus 140, but I think uh, minus 130, draw no bet. Crazier things have happened, but I like Atalanta in this one. I think uh, Atalanta were our first team of, of Italy that we used to bet and make tons yes. of money on. So yes. I'm, I'm glad that you have the, the classic in Atalanta in here, but also the new with Juve. It feels like it's a really good mix. I appreciate it. And Nick, you said we found a better uh, bet in that Atletico match. So give it to us as our pod lock. 
Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned Atletico is taking on Barcelona. They are traveling to Barcelona. Uh, there are a couple bets that I personally liked. I think that we were kind of in between. I think the double chance is minus 110. Uh, they actually have more goals scored and fewer conceded than Barca. So shout out. This is the, like a new age Atletico. Um, but where we are is actually the over. Over two and a half. It's minus 130. Both teams averaging right around two goals scored and uh, just about a goal conceded. So I think a lot of attacking play. We got four goals out of an Atletico game uh, this midweek. I think we got three goals out of the Barca game this midweek. Short rest, I think, is the huge benefit for an over. And these teams are going to be playing for a win. So I think we get three goals easily. I don't know that any time over the last five years you would have any of us taken Atletico Madrid over. I can actually remember a time where their lines were set at two goals, uh, sometimes even one and a half, the over-under. So to see it at two and a half and to take it, this is a, it's a new era, and we're going to ride it to a podlock win. Yes, our 10th podlock win. It's a big number. Yes. Nine, two, and one on the year, guys, with the game of the week here, plus uh, 6.1 units. Very dip in Atletico this year. I mean, even in the Champions League, when you look at some of these, you know, apps like Live Squirrel give their predictions sometimes and stuff like that, and it's like over two and a half, and you're like Atletico, what? Like, uh, but it's it's been happening, so I, I like it. It's something you don't expect, and uh, heck, your double chance might even be something to look at. Too, yeah, I think so. I, I think Barca's struggling. Yeah. Right. Wait, yeah, stall, stall for good. two seconds, Steve, because I'm gonna you're gonna make me pull up these. Uh, Pull up these stats here. So I'd let to go. Um, they are in first place in the group, right? Three wins, two draws in the Champions League. 15 goals for in five games. So they yeah. themselves are averaging three goals a game, six conceded. So, um, you know, over, well over, you know, four goals a game uh, just in Atletico games in the Champions League. So when you put another attacking team like Barca in the mix, love to see this one get to fucking three goals. Simeone has changed in ways Allegri can never dream of as a manager, it seems. Or Saudi, for that matter. Had <laughs> <laughs> to get one more in. Had to. Had, had to kill Saudi. So we'll, we'll leave it there. We got nothing more to add on to that. Um, of course, like we mentioned earlier, check out our Patreon page for our, our patron picks and other content we've been putting there. HappyHourSports.net, we're contributing there, too, on, on a weekly basis. Um, of course, social media. Follow us there for all of our uh, you know, tweets that, especially Nick is putting out. Nick is killing it on Twitter. Follow him, Diane, on Twitter. Um, and thanks again for listening. 